The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Happy Trinity Sunday. In that spirit, we'll begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning's sermon is based on our lesson from 1 Peter chapter 4. And one of the main, we've been going through in this Easter season, now Pentecost season, the book of 1 Peter. One of the main themes, it's a, it's a theme that runs throughout the book, is this theme of suffering. And um, th- this morning we're going to talk about how to suffer well. And um, I think this sermon is, is not only for you, but it, it may be just mostly for me. I actually found myself sitting in a dentist chair this last week, and um, they said, sir, you have a cavity. And then they put the tray of things out that they do, the drill, you know, and um, the the needle is like that long. And the doctor said to me, he said, sir, you look pretty nervous. (laughs) And I admit that I was. So here we go, how to suffer well, mostly for me, also for you to kind of listen in. And here's what, Peter, here's what Peter gives to us this morning. This is from 1 Peter chapter 4. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice. Inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer, a thief, or any kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. This is the word of the Lord. You can, and this should be fairly obvious to all of us, you can either suffer well or you can suffer poorly. And and I get sort of a bird's eye view of that as a pastor sometimes, like, I see our people suffering well sometimes. Like, there was this one time, and I asked for permission to share this story, where where a woman came to me before church and said, Pastor, can we talk after church? And I said, sure. So we go upstairs to my office, and and she sits me down, and she says, Pastor, I haven't told anyone yet, but I I have cancer. And, and, And you know, when one of your brothers and sisters in Christ shares news like that, you feel it, right? 
And then she said something totally and completely amazing. Because as a pastor, I'm listening to people's hearts. Like, how, how is this person receiving this news? And, and she said, Pastor, I know it's from God because this is going to bring my family together. And I nearly wept. Because that's what faith does. It, it, it receives the worst news that you can possibly hear, and faith says, this is a gift. That's what it does. That's, that's suffering well. I, I've also seen people suffer poorly. I have. I, I, I've, people, I've seen people throw themselves a literal pity party or complain about everything wrong that's go, going on in your life. You, you can suffer well, or you can, you can suffer poorly. And Peter wants us to suffer well. God wants us to suffer well. And, and my prayer, it's, it's real simple. My prayer this morning is that whether you're going through something right now, or you will someday, that you'll suffer well. And so we're going to make it real simple. We're, we're going to listen to this teaching from Peter, and we're going to listen to it in this way. He's got for us, I think, two don'ts when you suffer, two don'ts, and an invitation. So two don'ts and an invitation. And here's the first don't. Peter says, don't make your own trouble. Because you can. So he says, don't make your own trouble. Trouble will find you, but don't make your own trouble. And, and he says that. It's, it's actually a big concern of his. If you read this, this is a huge concern of Peter. It's throughout the whole verse. Look, look, for example, at verse 13. He says, there's a word that we never use in here. But he says, but rejoice in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So, so he's saying sometimes we suffer for reasons other than participating in the sufferings of Christ. And we'll think about the sufferings of Christ a little bit later. But sometimes we're suffering not with Christ, but we've self-imposed our own suffering. You can see it also at the end of the verse this morning. Verse 19. He says, those who suffer according to God's will. So he's admitting right there that, that sometimes there's suffering that happens that's not according to God's will. Like we brought it on ourselves. We made our own trouble. And then right in the heart of the verses, Peter kind of uh, reveals it to us. He says, this is how you can make your own trouble. This is verse 15. He says, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. Apparently in Peter's day, the Christians were, were sort of making their own trouble. Like they, they get caught by the law and they think, oh, God must be out to get me. But the truth of the matter is they brought it on themselves. Right? And if you bring it on yourself, you have no right to complain or to think that God's unjust. In fact, here's what one Bible commentator said. These people made their own trouble through, quote, their excessive zeal 
in attacking pagan habits. So if you're going to come at people who are living outside of God's law and become like a little bit of a meddler, you're making your own trouble. And Peter says, don't make your own trouble. Especially as a meddler. You know what meddling is? Meddling is stepping in where you have no business. It's it's taking over someone else's calling or vocation. You know where this I see this often, most often, where people want to give parents advice. Have you seen this before? Oh, you shouldn't do it that way. I remember I had this experience on the New York City subway. We have many experiences on the New York City subway. And there I am. I have my three girls with me because we're going somewhere. And someone decided to help me be a parent. They said, sir, you shouldn't stand so close to the edge. And we weren't that close to the edge. And then he said it again. And he said it again. And that's where I kind of turned to the man and I said, I know you're concerned about my children. I'm more concerned and I love them more than you do. And sir, I'll be their dad, not you. That's what I said. And I'm sure that he experiences that a little bit of suffering. You see how when we meddle, when I stick our nose in where it doesn't belong, we can bring suffering on ourselves. And Peter says, don't do that. Don't create suffering. Look, there's enough suffering to go around. And if you really want suffering, you'll get it. But don't create your own. Don't meddle because if if you really pay attention, this is true, you'll have enough work being a decent spouse to your own spouse, being a decent father or mother to your own children, being a decent member of the church, and being a decent member of society. And if you really think about it, you'll be quickly overwhelmed by all the things that you have to do for your own self. Peter says, don't make your own trouble. That's the first don't. He's got another don't for us. He says, don't trouble your trouble. Because you can. Like the suffering that, 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 that comes on us, we can make it worse, he says, by our response to it. So here's the way he says it. Here's Peter's don't. He says, don't be surprised. Don't trouble your trouble by being surprised as though something strange were ha- happening to you. So Peter, he's, he's, sh- he's sharing with us a truth that we should get, like at our core, we should get that we shouldn't be surprised about this. Look, we, I, I can give you two reasons, even more, why you should expect to suffer. One, we live in a world that is dying under the weight of its own sin. It, the creation is broken because of human sin. We will suffer. Just, just being a part of this creation that groans. But two, we follow Jesus who carried a cross, right? 
And, and as followers of Jesus, and by the way, his cross won salvation for every single one of us. As followers of Jesus, it should not surprise us of the necessity of the cross in our lives. Don't be shocked. Don't be amazed. Don't, don't be surprised that, that suffering is going to come on you as a cross bearer. Right? You want to know how to, to, to discern whether or not you're shocked or amazed or surprised at your suffering? You know what the children, the children of amazement that suffering are? I've got two of them at least. Self-pity. Where, where you think, oh, I can't believe that this is happening. Why me? I, 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 I don't understand. Like Self-pity is the daughter or son of shock and amazement at suffering. Here's the second one. Another child of shock and amazement is bitterness. Bitterness is saying, I don't deserve this. What did I do to deserve this? And you become a bitter person. Peter says, expect it. It, it, It's coming your way because of the way the world are and because of what Jesus has invited us into in in the cost of discipleship. Don't, Don't be amazed. Don't trouble your own trouble. There's another way, Peter says, that we can also trouble our own trouble. This is our last don't then. We can misunderstand it. We can give it the wrong name. You you can look at your suffering and and be like, wow, God is certainly punishing me because of my sin. I deserve this. But Peter doesn't call suffering a punishment, does he? What's the name that he gives it? It's a positive name. It's it's an optimistic name. It's right in our our first verse. He, He calls it the fiery ordeal that has come on you to... Test you. It's a test. It's a trial. He's going to help reveal for you your character because, because in the good times, you, you can't really see what kind of a person you are, right? You get that, right? Like in, in the good times, of course you can be, you can rejoice. Of, of course you can be a solid citizen and, and a good member of the church. But what happens when the, when the fiery ordeal comes? It's going to reveal you, right? And when you understand that in suffering, God is testing you, that he's, he's putting you through the ringer, right? That he's, that he's purifying you like, like a, a metal urgist or, or a metal worker and that you're going to come out of that fire better. That's optimistic. That's going to help you get through it. That is, Peter says, suffering well. Now, we've, we've looked at so far two don'ts. <laughs> we said we're, we're not going to make our own trouble. We're not going to also trouble our trouble by, by misunderstanding it or by, by self-pity or, or complaints because that really goes nowhere. 
we're going to end this morning with a gospel invitation. And maybe, hopefully unsurprisingly, this is so cool, by the way. It's a threefold gospel invitation. Because all of, we, I, I wrote to you about this earlier this week, all of God is involved in our sufferings. All three persons. So let's look at this theologically, um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who God is in our suffering. And here's our first invitation. This is verse 19. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator, God the Father. And what Peter says about God the Father, the one who made you, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, the one who who has you in the right place and in the right time and in the right relationships, the one who protects you and provides for you, what Peter says is he's never going to let you down because he's utterly and completely and forever faithful. And what this means then and this is the gracious invitation, is that you can hand yourself over to him. In commitment, commit yourselves to him. That's that's a financial term. It's a banking term like like apparently we've seen this year that the banks sometimes fail. But God's financial system Never does. Just, just consider Jesus. Consider Jesus. Jesus in his suffering that saved us. He said, Father, into your hands, and here's the word, I commit my spirit. Now, was God faithful? Right? Did God hold Jesus in his hands and raise him up back from the dead? That's faithfulness. God is faithful. And so he graciously invites us to to hand ourselves completely over to him. Commit yourself to your faithful creator. So there's one. Number two, and this is so cool. The second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. This is verse 13. He says, but rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when glory is revealed. Now Jesus' sufferings for the salvation of the world are done and over. That's good news. He cried out from the cross, it is finished. So what's he talking about when we are participating in the sufferings of Christ? Now what this means then is that Jesus, our sufferings are so personal And so intimate, we're so connected in with Jesus Christ, our Savior, by baptism and by faith, that when we suffer, he suffers too. His sufferings are ours. And our sufferings are his. We're participating in the sufferings of Christ. And what that means then is is like what you can see right around the corner because we've already seen it in Jesus' life is that glory is there for you. 
It's like, it's like a golden chain. Like Because you're suffering in that moment, you can pull on the chain and know one hand forward is coming the glory that belongs to Jesus and to everyone who belongs to Him, which is you. So He invites us then, in the middle of it, to rejoice. Because we're connected not only to His sufferings, but to His glory, see? It's a gracious invitation. We commit ourselves to God the Father. We rejoice that glory is right around the corner for us. And finally, we're going to move on to the Holy Spirit. And this is so cool. Look at, look at the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is verse 14. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. And here it is. For the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So the new manifestation of the Spirit is suffering for Christ. You get that? It's not speaking in tongues. It's not prophecy or knowing the future or something like that. If you want to know if the Spirit rests on you in all of His glory, then suffer for the name of Christ, He says. This is how you can know. Every time you suffer for the name of Christ, you can say, wow. The Holy Spirit, in an intense way, in a way different from everybody else, is right now on me. I am God's Shekinah. I am the Holy of Holy of God's. Wow. And you know what we can say about that? We're blessed then. So we're invited to commit ourselves to a faithful Father. We are invited to rejoice in the glory that will be ours through Christ. And finally, we are invited to name ourselves blessed because the Spirit of God rests on us. Just one final observation in suffering, and I think this is important. There's nothing for us to do, right? When you're suffering, like the, the, the last thing that you want to hear is like you're supposed to do something to get out of it. There's nothing for us to do. All Peter does is he reorients us, right? From the inside out, he says, give it to God. Remember that you're blessed. Remember that this is a trial. Understand this as the fact that, that Jesus is joined in it and He's going to bring you all the way to glory. There's nothing to do and only an invitation to believe. I think the, the sermon title was a little hokey, if I was honest. And maybe even a little bit wrong. Because it's not really what we're supposed to do, how to suffer well. It's something that God gives to us. Can we pray? Let's pray. God, I pray for, for this church and for all of us. Some of us are suffering right now. Some of us will suffer. Help us not to, to bring it on ourselves. And Father, help us not to misunderstand it, be shocked by it, be moved to bitterness or complaint or self-pity. 
but instead help us to believe that you are faithful, that we're united with your Christ, and that the Spirit indwells us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you.